The Phoenix Suns lost another game on Friday night in disappointing fashion, and we have news about that loss and how one particular star, well, role player, is feeling about it. We also have our view of where to start to turn this thing around. We'll get into all of it on today's episode of Locked On Suns. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past seven seasons, a writer at suns.com and the host of the Just Basketball Show, Wherever you get your podcasts, a big thank you for making Locked on Suns your first listen. Here on Christmas weekend, we're doing an in-between show. I didn't think uh, anyone would necessarily want a show on Christmas Day, nor do Brandon and I want to give you one, but I appreciate you guys all being here over the weekend. After a tough Suns loss, looking forward with optimism and fingers crossed. We're free and available everywhere, so if you have not already, hit follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform as well as YouTube. Become an everyday or get locked onto the Suns right along with me all season long each and every weekday getting you all the Suns content you could possibly want. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Brandon Duenas is joining us as he does every single week to break down this latest loss to the Kings in Sacramento, which was, I think, very foreseeable for Suns fans, Brandon, considering they couldn't really put up a competitive game against Washington or Portland. Sacramento is a good deal better than that, and it went as you would expect. But we're going to start with an article that came out after that game rather than looking at that game too closely, and it was Eric Gordon with some well let me just ask you did you have an issue with the quotes that he actually had cuz obviously that headline is going to grab attention of a of a veteran player who's disgruntled with his role but when you actually read what he said did you take issue or have any sort of problem with the nature of of his perspective on it no not at all i think uh, especially frank vogel agreed with him like if you go on and read the rest of the, the article he's he said yeah we need to to, to do a better job of getting him involved. And I think you look at his last three games, he's, he's averaging uh, six shot attempts per game and in his last 84 minutes played, he has 18 field goal attempts and 18 points. That's uh, definitely not ideal, especially with Bradley Beal out. Like he needs to be in the double digit shot attempts per game. Uh, that's just, I mean, especially with Nurkic out this last game too. So for him to just kind of fall off the face of the, the, playing it the last uh, three games is, is definitely not ideal. And I think obviously you don't want to build your offense around Eric Gordon or anything, but he needs to be way more involved, especially when you're blitzing Booker and Durant. Um, he's supposed to be that reliable veteran that can get buckets. So I have no issue with it at all. I didn't either. It was pretty timid. It's not like he attacked anybody specific or, you know, even really got mm. too detailed about breakdowns or mistakes. It was just a general idea, but I guess big, bigger picture with him, what it made me start to think about at, at a down point of this season is, 
uh, a lot of these guys turned down other opportunities, whether in his case it was more money, in other guys' case it was maybe a, a bigger role or a more locked-in role. You know, if, if some of these younger guys go to bad teams, they're getting all the minutes they want, most likely, right? You know, um, so yeah. that's kind of where my head went is like, it's one thing when you're winning to accept that that the decisions you made for yourself in the offseason, but, you know, these guys on minimum deals, it's it's about their next contract. You know, I, I don't think Eric Gordon has to worry about that to the same level that like a Katie Bates-Diop does or a Drew Eubanks does, but that's kind of where everybody's yeah. at is, What's my next opportunity going to look like? How do I continue my place in the league? And so, yeah, when you're when you're when you're there to be a scorer, and we know he turned down, you know, maybe close to mid level money at in some places to to come be here. You're here to score. You're here to shoot. And if you're not getting those opportunities, I'm I, I think it's totally reasonable to look at everything and be like, well, what the hell are we doing then? You know, what's going on here? But from a basketball standpoint, I feel like the his lack of opportunity feels just exactly like a symptom of of everything going wrong with this offense. Like he's a player that that scores off of flow, right? You don't run sets for Eric Gordon. Like honestly, since probably he was in New Orleans, you wouldn't that's just not what you would have done. But you get him the ball when the defense helps off of him or when he has a a, a driving lane. You know, you can run plays where maybe he's kind of rotating off the ball into space that's being moved away from by the defense. But all of those things have to come from the guys who do have the ball in their hands, executing that stuff with good pace and then and then looking for him. And so I do think it's if, if you're to, if you're looking at anybody to point fingers at about why Gordon has just fallen off. I kind of think it has to be the playmakers on this team to to kind of just not look his way enough. Yeah, I think you nailed it as far as just the offense not flowing at all. This Eric Gordon's very much a in-game, just kind of take what he gets, uh, you know, breaking down the defense, kicking the ball out, and he's just open for, you know, wide open 30-foot three. That's just kind of always been his role. Uh, he's been a part of some great offenses, and for him to – it's a lot easier to swallow that pill of making less money – and being less involved when you're winning. Uh, but this team is 500 right now. So that hint, he kind of hinted at it too in that quote, right? Where he's just like, you know, I came here to win, but um, at the same time, I'm going to score. And right now, he's not doing either. Mm-hmm. So it's, that's definitely, I, I 100% understand his frustration. And I think it's it's not just him. This whole team is trying to figure it out and trying to learn how to play off each other. And we've seen, seen some flashes of it. But uh, I just think the offense, the last three games specifically, uh, you know, I've, I said, just give him time to click, but there's been no, uh, there's been nothing to really be excited about as far as like, you know, they're going to figure this out. They're they're just missing shots. It's just like very stagnant and uh, it's it's just a brutal watch. So shout out to all the Suns fans, even watching this or that stuck through that Kings game. Like it was, it was brutal. It was pretty ugly. So uh, we appreciate you sticking through the mud. Hopefully this is the low point of the season. Um, And, you know, we look back and laugh one day, um, but but right now, it's, I, I have no confidence in that whatsoever. So we'll just have to hope they figure things out and things start to click. It reminds me what Gordon's dealing with right now of what we saw him go through in the first round series that this Suns team played against, the Clippers team that he was on. Because at the beginning of that series, 
He had 19 points in game one and 12 points in game two. A lot of that was on threes. All of his points in game two were on threes, but it was in large part playing off of incredible performances from Kawhi. Then Kawhi goes down and Gordon doesn't even get double digit shot attempts. The last three games of that series, he only has double digit points once in game four uh, and gets up a lot of threes in that game too. But that became kind of the Russell Westbrook show and Russ wasn't looking his way. Russ was taking 25 shots a game and Gordon just sort of faded out. I think at that, at this point in his career, he is somebody that is going to maybe increase your ceiling, but he's not really going to increase your floor. And so the guys, again, that I look to for the floor are, are the star players on this team. And, you know, the coaches to, to, to put together a game plan and a thought process for the guys out there to get somebody like him involved. But, you know, I, I think that brings us to a little bit more of, of last night's game where, again, we, we don't need to get into deep specifics because they were completely just uh, rolled over by Sacramento Kings. But one aspect that I think reared its head again was the three-point shooting overall. So let's dig into why that happened and some observations on the new guys we did see get some playing time. We'll get to that all next. First, today's show brought to you by Prize Picks, the number one daily fantasy sports game in my life because they fixed everything that I don't always love about daily fantasy sports. Not only did they remove the head-to-head, the leagues, the pool play, and all of that sort of stuff that makes you feel like you're getting schooled by sharks and people who are professionals at this sort of thing. It's just you versus the prize picks player projections. But on top of that, they also allow you to mix and match leagues. For instance, in their specials league, you can combine LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of threes made plus receptions. Although Kelsey, maybe he's not holding up his end of the stick there lately. But you could go local with some sort of Kyler-Booker combination. You could even look outside to other sports when, I don't know, I think they have hockey. I don't know even what a line would be for hockey because I uh, don't know that sport well enough. But nobody else is offering that sort of thing. Nobody else is offering a reboot policy when your players get injured or the type of quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types that make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA or use the code locked on NBA when you make your first deposit to get that deposit matched up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA, promo code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, Brandon. So five of 25 from three point. Uh, land last night for Phoenix against the Kings. Three attempts apiece for Booker and Durant. You had three apiece from Yuda and Nasir Little and Sabin Lee. None of those players made a three, and Booker did not make a three either. The only guys on the team who did were Grayson Allen and Kevin Durant. They were five of nine. If you take everybody else, 0 of 16. On the other side, you had the Kings generating 38, which I think is the key number there the makes are always going to fluctuate it's really the attempts and they only made 12 but their starting lineup was really really hot from deep uh Barnes four of eight Murray three of seven and on down the line so why is this happening we talked about it a little bit with Gordon specifically but he's far from the only player that we we thought would be a floor spacing option 
around the stars on this team, and it feels like nobody is that outside of Grayson Allen right now. What what do you think is going on here? Just goes back to the, this uh, lack of identity. I think offensively, they're still. They're, it feels like obviously they have a game plan. These coaches, you know, I'm not trying to knock them at all. Like they're trying to figure this out and make stuff work. So they're definitely trying to implement something. But I think it feels too forced at times. Where um, you know, even their open shots, some of those possessions are coming off of like broken possessions or just uh, you know a, a fortunate rotation off a double team where someone's wide open and they're they're missing a lot of those shots too. So I think their their lack of um, just free flowing ball movement, like going back to that 64 win Suns team, you know, that's uh, a perfect example of the opposite of what this team is now. It feels like where that team was so connected. It felt like everything they did was just on the same wavelength. And th- this team currently just feels like um, they'll have some moments where you kind of see that for a little bit and then it disappears quick. So I think just uh, honestly, just trying to get a better rhythm and flow and just move the ball and play unselfish and, not to say that they're not doing that right now. I just think it's just not clicking. So I think overall, uh, you got to hit open shots too. Like that, they're shooting like I think twenty eight percent on wide open threes the last few games too. So that's yeah definitely cause for concern. They've dropped from fifth in the league to seventeenth and three point percent just in these last three games alone. So uh, that's another reason why I think they're, they've struggled so mightily recently. Is that was kind of one of their strengths, and now they're. Uh, it's drastically shifting the other way. So they have to figure out how to hit open shots with uh, when you have supposed shooters surrounding your, your two stars. So a few things there. Obviously, if you... Well, one, it's worked early in, earlier in the year, right? That's part of what's so confusing. And yeah. kind of the point that I was trying to make on Tuesday night after they lost to Portland was... A lot of Suns fans online I've seen just resorting to, and and right now it's hard to disagree, right? That they're just bad. Like I, I know that's sort of just like kind of a meme, and, and you're you're just being dramatic to make your point. But I think a lot of people feel that way right now too, that this team's just a train wreck and there's no hope. But to me, it actually is worse that that we've seen it work and that we know there's talent and it's falling apart. Like that's a, actually a bigger problem to me. And I look back at the, I, there's a lot of examples, but the two that I always go back to that felt like the peak of what this offense could be was the the doubleheader in Utah uh, that one weekend. One of them was an in-season tournament game. One of them was just a regular uh, Sunday game. And the Suns scored 131 and then 140 points. Obviously, the 140 was in double overtime. But in those games, they were 18 of 33 from deep in the first one. And they were 18 of 45 from deep in the second one. And they had 35 and then 36 assists. Booker and Durant were both uh, at or above eight assists apiece in each game. And that just felt, and, and you saw guys like Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon both really feed off of that. And uh, and Gordon was just piling up three-point attempts. Like all the stuff you would have said this Suns offense was was going to be able to do kind of happened in those games you compare it to what you're saying about seasons past and I agree with you in terms of the connectivity and the flow but at the same time I I kind of think the difference between those two structures is what we're seeing catch up to them a little bit which is the secondary ball movement off of the initial action was obviously much better with the Bridges and Johnson and Crowder and everybody but 
at the beginning of all of that, it would be a, a pretty carefully constructed set by Monty Williams that was run to perfection by Chris Paul. That's not how this team's going to play anymore. And I guess my best sort of answer is that they're just lacking the confidence or the decisiveness to play less structured basketball. But I just don't have a lot of answers when it comes to why, because again, you don't have to look very far to see times when it worked like in a really big way earlier in the season. That's what's so confounding. It's not like it's never worked and it's just hitting rock bottom. It was up here. Now it's down here. And I don't have a great answer for why I don't think, I don't think defenses are like doing anything differently. I don't think it's that it's just in the brains of all the guys out there. It feels like. Yeah. It's, it's difficult to remember, but they, yeah, this team went on a seven game win streak at one point this season, including a, before that doubleheader against the jazz, they scored 133 against the Timberwolves and were 17 of 31 from three in that game. So it, it shows it, it can work. And, but we're also so far removed from that, like team, it feels like just, especially with these last few games, just uh, the trend, like, I don't know if the Beal injury had like a, a mental effect or like just something where it, it felt like he was kind of light at the end of the tunnel, like we're going to get this thing to work. And then from there, just mentally, they look shook. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other way to put it. It looks like it's all, uh, I don't want to say it's all mental, but it's just kind of like this team's just in a rut and they can't, they're not playing with that same swagger confidence that um, we saw them earlier in the year doing. And a lot of it, I think they're still trying, like, I'm going to keep going back to this, but they're, they have no identity offensively. And it's just kind of, you have to establish that. Like, this is an offensive team <laughs> trying to be a defensive team. And and I get it. Like, Vogel's trying his best to make them, make it work with, like, the pieces he has. But I think they need to lean more into their offense and kind of uh, embrace being a high-scoring team, play faster, generate those threes. Because right now it just feels like they're trying too hard to, to, to play with the structure, which may sound counterproductive, but like, honestly, I think they would be better um, in a Kings like role where they're just thriving in the chaos and just trying to push the ball make, you know, create advantages for your two stars and then put your role players in a position to succeed, give them confidence to put the ball on the floor. Like it just feels like they're looking for permission from Durant or Booker to like dribble. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we've seen that in the past where it's like, they're not playing with the confidence they need. So I think it's, uh, there, there's a lot of things that there's not any one answer, but yeah, it's kind of a culmination of uh, just poor chemistry and just no, what it feels like there's no plan. Yeah. The permission thing I think is something that I've been harping on a lot. And I was sort of looking forward to them solidifying at least just like a nine, a nine guys who were going to play every night. And Vogel did that for about three or four games, but then on, Friday night against Sacramento, he sort of just opened it all back up again. Is there anybody that we saw play on Friday that we hadn't seen at all or hadn't seen in a while that you thought earned an additional look? Or, I mean, they lost by 15 points and we're down, you know, as much as 30. So I, I don't know if um, the answer might be no. What do you think? Ozabuki uh, th- showed me something for sure. Like, I think with how poorly Eubanks has been playing lately too. Like, you know, once Nurk is back, give those minutes to, to Ozabuki. Like I'm, I'm down to experiment a little bit with him and just, I think his, with his ability to finish everything down low, just with, uh, as a, as a rim threat alone, like that could, that could be an interesting different look that they can throw out there. Um, outside of him, like, yeah, I mean, Saban and we said we got some, uh, 
Metu didn't play a ton either. So it's, there wasn't really uh, too much of a shakeup, but I think uh, Azubuki's definitely earned at least a second look and uh, he, he's overtaken Bull Bull as far as the, uh, the new fan favorite, it seems like he was, he was the one, like the lone bright spot it felt like in that game last night. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, it's sort of with Eubanks, like Eubanks struggles go back even further before the whole team started to fall apart. Yeah. So I don't think he's really done himself any favors and I would not be opposed to looking elsewhere. You can't just play small all the time. You know, you can't have Nurk play 30 minutes and then the other 18 are all, you know, Duran or Metu at, at the five. That's that's not really sustainable. You need another legitimate big man. And, and I think, you know, as Buki, it's like, he's not a great free throw shooter and he's not, you know, the most mobile kind of horizontal athlete mobile guy, but at the very least, like we know, we know he has specific strengths of what he can do. You you finishing, like you said, he's, he's very strong. He's going to get offensive rebounds. He can play, you know, you, you play the nuggets. Like we know he can at least hold his own against Jokic, right? Even though we, I would imagine Jokic can solve a, a two-way player eventually, but it's like when the alternative is what the Suns have had, I don't hate it. Uh, let's keep this conversation going, and I'm going to pose a question to Brandon of where he would start in terms of fixing what's ailing the Suns because we saw the rotation get kind of opened up on Friday. We've seen the starting lineup change. We've seen all sorts of adjustments the past couple of weeks. What's going to work? Where do we start? We'll get into that next. First, today's show brought to you by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel, the best place to make a bet in the entire world. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 right to your account if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options beyond the money line, but let's get started there. If you're listening to this on Sunday, I've told you before, run with a big money line to get the bonus bet into your account. You have the Chiefs hosting the Raiders, minus 560 at home. The Eagles hosting the Giants, minus 850 at home. Drop a little there, then get into the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more across the whole website. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to celebrate the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, so I'll put the question to you, Brandon. If you look at the problems this Suns team has right now, the ugliness, the, the bad watch, as you called it, which I certainly agree with, and you try to look forward with still like, you know, quite more than half, way more than half the season still there. And the Suns obviously still having championship aspirations. You said when we were brainstorming this a little bit before we recorded that internal fixes are where your head is at much more than external. And I, I'm always going to agree there. We don't see the big changes that fan bases want all that often. So what internally would you start with if you were Frank Vogel or James Jones or anybody on this team to get things on the right track. Yeah, look, I think we got about a month before. Um, if, if this thing is still not working a month from now, then that's where I'd start to look externally. I think at this point, um, there's not a lot of options they could do anyways, outside of maybe making a minor tweak here or there, which sometimes that's all a team needs. So 
I don't think it has to be as drastic as some people might think, but, but first you got to look internally. So I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm taking the clipboard here. I'm, I'm Frank Vogel. The first thing I'm doing is just looking at what we're good at and what lineups have been working. And, uh, right now the, once Nurkic is back, you, I think the Durant, Nurkic, Booker, um, Gordon Allen lineup is, has been the one thing that's, you know, we have, we've seen, uh, obviously I'd like to see a lot more minutes of that. That's, that's, I mean, that's where I'd start. So I think staggering, uh, we're getting a little too cute with the staggering thing. I think lean in, like I said earlier, like lean into your strengths, play these guys for 35 plus minutes a game, just like run that lineup to death and, and let your bench unit be an actual bench unit. And just, you know, if they're minus 10 in those 13, 14 minutes, like what, so be it, just, let that unit get as many reps as they can uh, try to build a lead with them. And, and I think uh, that just let them get those reps. That's, that's the main thing. That's where I'd start just playing your best lineup as much as possible together. Um, not only for a continuity standpoint, but just seeing what happens because I think the staggering is just uh, kind of throws them off a little bit at this point And it's not really helping. It's like, they're not winning these minutes uh, with one of them on the court. So just go all in on both of them on the court with their best. You line. know what I would say to that point too, um, in terms of, cause obviously you probably want one of those five out there with the bench unit. Cause even when they were trying to hold themselves to a real rotation, they were playing nine. So, um, I wonder if it's not a bad idea to have that be Nurkic, because I think if you're talking about Eubanks or as or even like a Metu as your second center or, you know, third front court player, fourth front court player. They can survive better with the stars and the starters. And then if you put yeah. Nurkic out there with the backups as somebody to have some more playmaking juice, that's something we haven't really seen. And I wonder if, you know, let him get some chemistry with a Jordan Goodwin, right? Or, or whoever. And that might be part of what could unlock those units a little bit too, because you just have a good screen setter, a smart high IQ guy, and you know, a spacer in theory that might juice that stuff up too. So I, I guess to piggyback, I don't know if that's where you were thinking, but if we're, if we're imagining a world where they're not staggering Booker and Duran as much, which I think is a, I'll try anything at this point. Maybe Nurkic is the guy to do that. Cause I don't like, we talked about it at the beginning with Gordon. It's not going to be him. He's not, he's not a point guard. So if it's probably either Allen or Nurkic, I like Allen with the stars too. So maybe try, maybe try the big man out there and, and run some, you know, post entry or elbow stuff or dribble handoff stuff and let him go to work. Yeah, no, I like it. Um, let us take over Vogel and young right now. And no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but honestly though, yeah, I think it's a good idea just from, because obviously the playmaking is limited as it is at some points. So having someone like Nurkic as an outlet to lead that second unit definitely makes sense. And I think it's easier for those bigs to survive uh, those minutes on, on both ends with, with the stars. So um, and the easy looks like you could throw Azubuki out there and just with Durant and Booker off those rolls, like he's going to get easy buckets. Like it's, it, I'm not too concerned with, and they don't need in, space in either. Spurts, right. Like but, that's um, part of the, like yeah. they do, but they don't, they need the space less than other players need it. Right. So it's like, if he's just standing in the dunker exactly. spot, and if you have Gordon and Allen, yeah. If he's yeah. just in the dunker spot, crashing the yeah. glass or, or doing whatever Azubuki does, it's like, well, we know those guys can hit shots even if there's an extra guy in the paint. But what else? If you have your clipboard out, was there something else yeah. on your list? Uh, just going back to what I said earlier about the offensive pace, I think that just has to be 
uh, just leaning into it, embrace being an offensive team. It feels like this team is almost like ashamed of being an offensive team instead of just saying like, this is our strength. Let's go out and outscore you. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen that from them. We, I mean, that seven game win streak, we saw flashes of it for sure, but I think they're trying too hard to kind of be that a team. They aren't, mm-hmm. that's just, that's just kind of what it feels like at times this year. And I think uh, just picking up the pace, getting out in transition, like we've seen what Booker can do and he's, he's a lot quicker than people think. And if you can get him out in transition to get easy buckets, you know, kick it out in the corner to, to Allen or, uh, Utah, whoever, whoever it is, like just running the break, just getting on transition, just a lot of that starts with getting rebounds, which is another thing they're struggling to do. And they're letting their opponents get second and third chances, which leads to a bucket. And then they have to inbound the ball and yeah. it just slows the game down. So I think it starts with defense in, in some ways uh, in terms of like trying to push the pace, but at the same time, like there's, there's things you could do throughout the game instead of just slowing it down. Uh, just, you know, See what you have, yeah. you know, just play a little more risky, I think, instead of as conservative as they've been. Yeah, runoff misses, runoff makes. I mean, their defense is not forcing turnovers, so that I think, uh, you know, that always is going to har- make it harder for you to be a fast offense. But, you know, you talked about the Kings, the Pacers. Those are teams that ma- that manage to do it because it's it's part of their DNA, and they're, they're, they don't hang their heads after they don't get a stop. They understand what exactly their advantage is and so I think a lot of what you're saying would would put the Suns more in that camp I'm not sure if Frank Vogel's comfortable with that but I guess my my thing there would just be too like if you could figure out one side of the court the other side of the court does become easier right like if if the ultimate destiny of this Suns team on the defensive end is to make up for their weaknesses by you know getting creative with schemes and some of the zones and box and one type stuff that they threw out earlier in the season and um, you know, just being sound. Well, you're not going to be sound if you're chucking up bad shots and out of sorts and playing poorly. You, you might be able to if you're scoring 130 a night and every single time down the opponent is taking it out of the net. That's going to help your defense. You know, it'll at least help you get back to stable, which is not where they are right now. But just to track the number, they're at 15 uh, seconds per offensive possession right now, which is fourth worst in the NBA um, and the teams below them include the heat and nuggets, which like, that's very intentional. That's how those teams play. I think both teams might want to play a little faster than that, but the Suns are there by accident. The other teams, the Knicks actually are the worst, the, yeah. the slowest, those teams, that's their identity. The Suns somehow like backed their way into that uh, on, on accident. Yeah. That should not be no, them. Yeah. No, so like you said, the nuggets and heat, like that's, that's by that's calculated. Yeah. Like they're trying to, they're generating great looks off that. The Suns are just like, you'll see possessions where there's, it feels like there's no plan and they just kind of a double comes, they'll kick it. And there's just a rush shot at the end of the shot clock. Like that happens to every team, but it happens way too frequent, frequently to the Suns. And that just has to do with them not uh, playing at the pace they should be. All right. That, I think can wrap us up for the day. We uh, can only be so harsh and be too uh, so in our feelings. But um, thank you guys for listening to a weekend edition, a, a holiday edition of Locked On Suns. Brandon, we have an announcement coming soon. How much do you want to say uh, before we unveil it fully next time we record? Definitely, uh, stay tuned. Take a look at uh, you know the Locked On Suns. Twitter account, my account as well, and, and Brendan. Make sure you're following us on there and, and just be ready. We got some exciting news coming up. Stay tuned. Uh, all right, that will wrap us up. Enjoy the holidays, everybody. 
Don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you are finding the show, and we will catch you later this week.